Welcome to Running is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. On this episode, we'll be talking about race websites, what makes them good, and of course, what makes them bad. And if you're very good and behave yourselves all the way to the end of the podcast, I have a song for you. That is something to look forward to. No, it's not creepy. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was trying to make like a woo exciting, like woo anticipation sound, but it just sounded like a bit of a ghost, really. Well, it's a song of of love and loss. Oh, Oh, so that's something to look forward to. Yeah, or, or pause the podcast as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, catching up on last episode, Karen Blay has been in touch and says lots of relatable stuff in this episode. Group warm-ups have been on my bullshit list for years and snot rockets slash spitting is grim. I've had some near misses during events before. I'm also a big advocate of dilly-dallying while out for a run. Yes, thank you. Love a dilly-dally. Love a dilly-dally. Susan Smith said, I love a group warm-up. A wee boogie to some banging tunes. The opportunity to make a taunt of yourself. What's not to love? Not sure how that goes together. So much as well, Susan, not to love. Like, group. The group bit on its own. Anything with group is just, nah. (laughs) Group work? No, no No. way. Don't, doesn't work well with others. No, no. no. Don't like groups. Don't like groups. That's fair. (laughs) Karen Hamilton says, oh my God, you're right. The group warm-ups had one at Cancer Charity 5K once while they warmed up the crowd with some twat aerobics instructor. (laughs) Then invited a bunch of people up on stage to talk about their cancer stories and why they were inspired to run and or raise money. I mean, good, yes, but the run started 25 minutes late and everyone had cooled down then anyway. Oh, it's so hard to complain about that as well, isn't it? Because you're like, yeah, that's really sad and tough for you, but I kind of want to get on with the run now. Yeah, yeah. maybe just just cut your story down to like two, three minutes, you know, max. (laughs) But yeah, great story, but can we we go? Uh, Smaston86, who said before that we provided inadvertent entertainment, tweeted to say, just heard the shout out, my inadvertent mention was purely that the length of the podcast lasted exactly the duration of my run. The content of the podcast is ace, and obviously you've gained a listener. Thank you, Smaston86, that's very sweet. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, how long are our podcasts usually? How long are we running for? Like, about an hour or so. I mean, that's just like a normal length of a run, though, isn't it? So it's not a huge coincidence, to be honest. It's almost as if we've planned that. Yes, and our voice is, like, the right cadence for your step as well. (laughs) The peaks and troughs of the sounds of our voice sort of match your steps exactly. Yeah, we we actually, we script this so carefully. The actual rhythm of the speech that we do matches with the average rhythm of a run. That's sometimes we speed up for a speed workout, so go faster, go faster, go faster. (laughs) And then we have a tea update. We are partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, which means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking if you like the sound of it. You can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on the links, buy some tea. It's nearly Easter, which means Easter teas are back. I still have a little bit of cream egg tea in the back of my cupboard. I've been having that a lot recently. And even better, Easter eggs are on the way. Ooh, tea Easter eggs. Tea Easter eggs. Of course we have some on the way because, you know, why not? Uh, I think they're now available on the shop. They were pre-order, but I think they are available now. Ours are on the way if you want yours running is best.com forward slash tea buy buy yourself a tea strack or for one that you love it's the only way to remember our lord and savior jesus christ who 
something happened to him on this who, day. Who died and then rose again and, and eggs uh, and is it that? bunnies. I don't know. Rabbits. I think there was rabbits there for some the, reason. There were rab- the rabbit pushed the big rock that was in front of his yes. tomb away. And then he had a lovely cup of Burden Blend Earl Grey Cream. (laughs) Mmm, refreshing. It brought me back from the dead. I think that's what it was. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, dear. Lost a few listeners there. Yeah. Uh, Have you got any nice tea today, or are we just going to talk about chocolate? I have... Well, I didn't... I didn't really plan this due to the season. It's just I'm running... I've, I've put in a new order for tea, so I'm running a bit low and I'm finishing off my teas um, that I currently have. So I have baby egg today, which is a very nice one. And at first, I because it came in a tea subscription last year, um, and at first I was like, oh, baby egg, decaffeinated. I wish it was caffeinated because the more caffeine I can get in my system, the better. Um, but decaffeinated for this time in the afternoon is pro- it's probably the best thing for me you know it's probably best so quite happy with baby egg it's very very tasty and no caffeine so you can enjoy it in the evening very nice um just on just on eggs not actually to do with tea at all i've just made some chocolate chip cookies which have an entire cream egg inside each one. Oh my god that is the kind of obscene diabetic monster that i am now it's <laughs> yeah, incredible it's the kind of thing you, you get halfway through, you have to put it down for 10 minutes, have a little rest, and then go back in for it. But mm. um, I, I do recommend Jane's Patisserie on Instagram, who sounds... does not fuck about with calories. She just throws in everything that she has, and I love it. That sounds amazing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, by the way, those Easter eggs we mentioned, vegan as well. Oh. Didn't even see. expect that, just vegan as standard. So, as standard. So you can't use that excuse either, <laughs> you vegan twats. No. <laughs> Amy, what have you been up to, you vegan twat? <laughs> Well, I did my run. People, I think people doubted. I think people oh, the doubted run. whether the run would happen. I talked about doing my long training run, which had to be postponed anyway by a few weeks because there was a train strike. Um, but it, well, I don't think it was a train strike. Actually, it was, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what was going on with the trains. They weren't on, and I had to postpone. So, are you you're aiming that basically at me? Because I think the weekend before, I messaged you on like Sunday evening to say, "Oh, bottled it." Then you're like, yeah. "No, it's next weekend." No. Okay, sorry, I withdraw. Works <laughs> happening on the train, so I did it. I did the Clanwick Major to, well, to Penarth. I did say it was going to be to Cardiff. Um, spoiler alert, that's way longer. The, the, the route was way it's longer than I expected. Oh, mate. Uh, the thing is, like, uh, it was it was a really nice route. And it was a really great training route if you live in Cardiff. Because you can hop on a train, a direct train, Clanwick Major. And it's a really simple route. Apart from when you get to Barry, Because as we all know from the Vogum and races like that. Barry is like really, Barry's weird anyway, but the route gets a bit weird and it can be yep. a bit uh, confusing and people can get lost. But if you, if you know that route, if you've got like a, your, your map with you and stuff, absolutely fine. Uh, really, really good run. You know, it's a really good route to do. Really nice, lots of variation, you know, fields and some traily mm. bits. It's just a, it's, it's a really nice route. But <laughs> it went on forever. I don't know what I was. What I should have done is done it from the the the, the previous stop, like done it from Roos or something instead, and that probably would have been twenty miles to my house. But yeah, it was. <laughs> as I got through further and further through the run, I thought this ain't, this ain't gonna be twenty miles. This ain't gonna be twenty miles. It's gonna be way longer. And I had in my head, I had Porth Kerry in my head, which is like a country park after after Barry. 
I had all I need to do is get to Port Kerry, and then I know I've got 15 miles to my house left. And I said, Oh, I bet I bet we'll hit it about six or seven miles in. No, it, it never came. Port Kerry never came. Every every time I thought it was gonna be around the corner, it wasn't there. Every time I went through a camp like a caravan site, which Port Kerry comes just after a caravan site, I was like, This is the caravan site that goes into Port Kerry. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. You got like another few miles. So we got to Sorry, Porf- are you saying caravan or yeah, caravan? Caravan. Caravan. Um, okay, fine. It's just okay. Weird. We got um, but so we got to Port Carry at like eight or nine miles in. I'm like, this isn't good. This, this no. is not good. This is not going to lead me back to my house for twenty miles. And then I sort of thought, well, I'll get to Penarth in like twenty, twenty-one miles, and I can just walk run the rest of the way. No. No, no, no. Because the thing was about this run is that we ran it. So I was doing it with um, Ellie from Club. She's training for a marathon, but she's training for a road marathon. There's no dilly-dallying when you're training for a road marathon. No, there's no messing around, is there? I've been doing a lot of, like, most of my long runs with her, and we take the dogs. Pippin came as well, and Ellie's dog, Tilly. And they're, they're amazing. They're like little twins. They're fantastic. They're fantastic together. But... Ellie, Ellie will just run the whole thing because she is a, a road runner and training for a marathon. So <laughs> this whole twenty mile run, which was like, it, it's a bit of up and down, isn't it? No crazy hills or anything, but it is a bit up and down. We just ran the entire way, and I had a bit of a cold even going into it. So I wasn't the day before. I even texted her. I was like, ah, oh, you know, just so you know. I've got a cold. I'm going to see how I feel when I wake up in the morning. And I was okay in the morning, so I went. But I already felt under the weather. And by the time we got to like 14 miles, I was I was done in. I was like, I, I, and it's because we just ran the whole thing. Oh, if I was weird. on my own, I'd be like walking a lot. I'd be like taking some time. I didn't take enough nutrition either. God knows what I was thinking, but I only took like 300 calories with me. Nice. It's just like just like a complete mess. Hardly had any breakfast before I even before I went. Um, I just felt 13 or 14 miles in. I felt completely completely done in absolutely knackered um i think it only i say only this isn't fast for some people but to run the 20 miles i think it only took us four and a bit hours which for me that's too fast that's that's too fast i need i need to, to walk a bit i need to take in my surroundings i need you hardly have any time to take pictures let alone like you know not enough dilly-dallying time Aww. at all um so yeah, I felt completely broken by the end. I got to Penarth. It was getting cold as well. And I did not want to walk run home. Even though Penarth is just like two miles from, from where I live or so. I was like, I do not want to walk run home. I had to stand and wait for a bus. I had this like horrific bus on the way home because all the streets are really windy and felt like I was going to be sick the whole way home because it was like just like, absolutely horrific. Like having these horrible narrow streets through Penarth. I'm like, oh my God, this is not what I wanted. Um... So yeah, so that was that was my long run. It was uh, it was just under twenty two miles in the end to get to just to hit Penarth Town Centre. So that was my fault. I don't think Ellie ever wants me to plan a route again because our twenty mile run. Whenever she plans routes as well, it's very precise. She'll say, "Okay, we're doing thirteen miles. Like we did thirteen miles today. So we're doing thirteen miles this week. That route will be thirteen miles." Yeah. Like I swear I mean, she's out the night you've before. You've been going on about doing it. this for like a month now. You never yeah. checked how far the, I did, this, the I route did. actually was. Okay, so I, I checked. I just thought it sounded nice. And I checked online. I checked the Vogan route. And I saw that it got to Climate Majoran at like 19 miles. And that meant it's probably 21 miles. And I thought, uh, I thought later on, I thought, well, the the the, the finish line is in Penarth on the seafront. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we did manage to cut some of the coastal 
the coast path off which which cut out a good few miles we managed to go through like some little villages and stuff so we managed to cut some of the miles out or else it would have gone on for like 24 25 miles um but yeah not it was a it was a nice run but I can't plan I can't plan routes in the sense of I can't I, I can't do the I can't work out distances or think logically at all yeah. and running non-stop for 20 miles just it's that's not why I do ultras <laughs> that's not why I, I I didn't run for a week afterwards I felt properly I felt that's like fair. I'd done a race I felt like I felt so dehydrated and I, like I said I already felt unwell beforehand I just felt shit for the rest of the week because I just like ran 20 miles without, which is something that I don't think I've ever done before in my life in a race in, in any context. <laughs> <laughs> and like all my, uh, uh, the thing is as well, because we were like with the dogs, I had like my canny cross harness on. The bits where like the, the rope thing that goes in front, which attaches, the, your lead attaches, your, your line attaches to, it's got like these two knots either side and they were digging into my hips the whole time and I was just in agony. I was just in absolute agony with these stupid fucking knots digging into my hips. And I was like, you know what, this is not the one. We're doing this really long stretch going towards, like, if anyone knows the area, like between um, between uh, like Sully and Cosmiston Lakes and it was just... It was just vile. It was along the road as well, because like I said, we cut out some of yeah. the coast path. I just went on and on and on and on, and I was just absolutely done in at that point. I was feeling really unwell. I was feeling really dehydrated. My legs were hurting. My legs were hurting from the fucking knots, let alone like the actual running bit. Yeah, so it, it was all right, though. It was <laughs> <laughs> Apart from all that. I will say, if you're looking to do like a like a 22 mile run, 23 mile run, it's a, don't it's a go nice, with you. Don't go with me, but it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice route. So apart from Barry, Barry was absolutely horrendous, and I took some pictures like leading up to Barry, and then after Barry, I was like, you know what, I'm fucking done. I'm done. Like getting in and out of Barry is, and the bit through Barry is just horrific, horrible. Yeah. So that that was my uh, that was my long run that I did do. Thank you very much. So I well I, done. I, I complained well done. about it, but I, I did it. So, so yeah. Aww. How was your week? Well, I got chased by bloodhounds, which was very fun. That is something again I have been planning and trying to do for like a year now, but trying to find a date that lines up that I can do in a place that's close enough to get to. Uh, eventually, I did it in a place called Groves End, which is just north of Swansea. They said it was a, a shorter, slower hunt than usual for older dogs and younger riders, which I decided not to take personally. I don't think that was aimed at me in particular. And it was not quite what I expected. Um, just because I, in my head, I think I thought it would be out in the middle of the country somewhere um, and I'd run like, I don't know, eight, nine miles, just uh, and, you know, once, you know, one single run and they would just follow us along sometime later or something like that. And then they catch us and the dogs be all over us and it'd be kind of fun and kind of weird. Um, but it, it kind of wasn't because we started in this kind of little, it's kind of a small town, large village, not really sure. But in basically by this pub and we kind of ran out to some like some common land around there called the Tips, uh, I guess mining area, probably that's probably why. And um, yeah, dogs came after us. Um, but we, you know, we heard them coming up behind us and I kind of looked behind. I saw one dog come between the bushes where we just run through, but only one of them appeared right. the, the other like eight or nine didn't come and she kind of looked around and then went back through and then they didn't find us so like the first thing we did it was only, we only ran about 2k for the first one and they didn't 
they didn't find us on that one. They just got themselves very confused and all just kind of ran around in circles a little bit. Um, I was running with a lad called Jordan, who was local, knew all the hills and the fields. And the, the second run we did then, we kind of went from the tips down the road a little bit to some of his parents' land because they're farmers. Uh, we ran around two or three fields there as well. Again, dogs followed on, just ran around. And this time they did catch us. But I thought, right, okay, here are the dogs. They're going to catch us. And they all ran up to us and just ran straight past and carried on going. Because they were just they were just delighted to be there. Yep. They had no idea what was going on. They didn't know it was us they were chasing. They just knew they were chasing something. There was something to smell. They've been let off the lead. And they, they're just happy to be out. And so they caught, of course, and just carried on running. They had no idea we were even there. Um, but they were having a great time. As I said, it was like eight or nine bloodhounds, all females, because they keep the females and the male dogs separate. Uh, especially when they're in the truck and when they're out on thing because they distract each other because you know mm. that's what happens um and then we got into this uh truck the uh, hounds are loaded up uh we got into this truck and we've driven up this uh mountain all the horses followed on just kind of trotted up the uh the hill quite a long way you know this truck completely filled this little tiny narrow lane mm. up to the top of the hill waited for the horses to catch up and then we were kind of unleashed again kind of given these vague directions that you know jordan seemed to know where he was going so that was handy um and yeah we kind of ran around there a bit and they, the hounds as we got we this one was kind of a loop this third one and we kind of got back around to the beginning as we got back down to the beginning we could see the all the hounds set off but then one goes the wrong way and so someone has to chase it on the horse and they're all shouting at each other uh, because you know that's just what happens because you need to be able to shout at each other and go after the dogs because the one dog just decided to go the wrong way so hopefully all the others don't go that way as well but as i said it was just very very funny and then there was a little bit of drama at the end which was all good fun as well we kind of went through went down another little lane uh, through a stream and i did say to him oh can we just go across the bridge he says no we don't go across the bridge because then our scent goes across and but they don't want the dogs to go because it was like a little narrow concrete bridge with kind of a, a little rail so we don't want the dogs to go across there in case they get too excited and fall off and kind of you know <laughs> they might hurt themselves going through it. i said right okay well you go through the stream first in case you're bullshitting me mm. not that i didn't not that i don't trust you but you go through first so he did okay that's fine and then as we got there, um, we were on common land. Um, they had full permission to be there, as anyone does. Um, but someone came up and said, you're not going to you're not going to hunt here. And oh. they just got really pissy with him. And there oh. was a, like a nice little standoff. Um, but did, they, the did they think they were like actually hunting animals, do you think? Or? No, they knew all about it. I think they were just oh. being dickheads. Oh, OK. Because that's something perhaps I should have said at the top here. Um, this uh, hunt group is completely legit. I did my research. Mm. Um, they're bloodhounds. Bloodhounds only hunt people anyway. They only yeah. sniff people. They're all these have only ever been trained um, to hunt people. Um, as I said, I did my research. There's been lots of articles on them over the years. There's a local saboteur group who do, who do go out of their way to find bad hunt groups, and mm. they endorse this group. Right, yeah, because so, that, that's what some yeah. some of them do, don't they? they? Say, oh, we're trail hunting, but actually they're go, they're going off and hunting foxes. But yeah, if that, it's, like that, you say, if it's bloodhounds, it's not. Gonna, yeah, it it yeah. still does happen, unfortunately. There, there, I know there was a video a few weeks ago of uh, someone hunting foxes, but yeah, this mm. this group is completely legit. Absolutely happy with that. Um, but for some whatever reason, this person just decided to be a dick, and there was a little standoff, and in the end, we were like, yep, fine, okay, we're not gonna not gonna argue. There's no points. So we kind of turned back, and that kind of cut that run a little short which is a shame because we were going to go up to the top of the mountain which would have been uh, quite fun mm -hmm. but yeah we kind of just went a different way and they were just like okay we'll just go down this lane and turn right there and if you go left here then you go down that bit and you go up here then you go round back this way and we we're like yeah sure they explained it like six times and we kind of got there in the end and i got to have a good stroke of the dogs then at that point because we were kind of hanging around for a while uh, proper good stinky dogs because they're all yeah. you know they're outside working dogs so they're all very stinky and all very excited 
Um, but yeah, it, it was really good fun. It's just, um, I, I will try and do it again. It's just that, it's, as I said, it's in Swansea, which is just over an hour for me. And that's about as far as I want to go. I don't know. A lot of them they do in Carmarthenshire. Um, so it's quite difficult to get to. And it's just like, if there was a bit closer, I'd do it a bit more. But uh, if anyone is in Carmarthenshire, Swansea, wants to be chased by bloodhounds every now and then, um, Three Counties Bloodhounds is, is who they are. They, I think they pretty much only operate on Facebook. They're one of those groups. So you have to be on there um, try and get in touch with them. I think the hunt season is pretty much over now, but they'll be back in kind of October, I think. Uh, but yeah, it was good fun. Not quite what I thought it would be. Um, it's kind of these short, shorter runs and the bloodhounds didn't really care about us. But, you know, yeah. anything with dogs and running is good, isn't it? Let's face yeah. it. Yeah, and if you ever get lost in the future, then they'll be able to find you, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Although they won't know that. No, no. <laughs> uh, also, quickly, uh, I did cross country the last one of the season in Pontypool. That was a really tough course. That is the hardest cross country course I've ever done. No mud at all. Could have you could have worn road shoes for it, but really hilly. For I mean, if it was a a trail race, you would come back saying that was a really hard race, which is kind of odd for cross country in a way. Mm. Uh, it was short again though, which is fantastic. No one complained about that. It's supposed to be 9.4K, came in at 8.1. Delighted about that. And I beat a clubmate of mine, which is so good um, because I'm, as something I said on Twitter this week, I'm so happy when I beat people that are better than me. Yeah. There's been a few examples over the years. It's just usually it's kind of when the conditions are really bad usually when there's bad weather a hilly course loads of mud i kind of can then beat people basically because i'm stupider and i take more risks i can beat people who are better runners than me and i love it so much i get <laughs> such a kick out of it yeah. and uh, so i was delighted because i thought you know a hilly course really some long downhills really uneven um surfaces as well i thought that really suits me great um it sounds like i did well you know i was still 199th out of 250 so you know i wasn't exactly fighting for the top spots but i did have to put on a sprint which i don't like to do because there was a long downhill to finish and i knew i needed to get as much distance between me and him as possible because he was right behind me and i knew i was better than him downhill so i had to sprint down the hill and then hold on because the ending was around three quarters around a rugby pitch it's a dead flat, so I had to like just I you know did that thing of looking over my shoulder about forty six times mm. in the last two hundred meters just to make sure. And I did the whole thing in uh, trail shoes that were basically torn in half as well, but they did survive. That was his tactic, by the way. He was waiting for my shoes to completely explode <laughs> and for me to blow up, but they they've just about survived. But I've got new trail shoes now. Mm. So cross country season is done. Nice. Speaking of, I was going to say, speaking of cross-country, we're going to talk about the best race websites, but perhaps we'll come on to the worst race websites for <laughs> cross-country. It's a little bit more appropriate. Um, yeah, let's get into that. Race websites and what features make the very best and inevitably what makes them really shit. We're going to start with the good. What makes a good race website? And we'll finish on a low because that's mm -hmm. kind of more our thing. Uh, let's go straight in with a tweet from at read before ultra who says i like the ones that look like they're held together with duct tape and enthusiasm one line of code away from crumbling into a pile of semi-readable fonts and differently styled buttons but you can tell somebody has really tried it's heartwarming yes absolutely there are bad old websites out there i don't know sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're really bad i don't know because sometimes they're like super basic it's text-based but you know what they work and they think, well, we're not going to change it now. I feel like at some point, because all, all the all the platforms you can get now to create websites, 
that are super easy. They they do it yeah. all for you. Because I remember back in the day, like creating my own websites on like GeoCities, if anyone remembers that. And, oh yeah. And even like the early MySpace, where you had to learn a bit of HTML to do it. Yeah. And it, it it's difficult. Like you have to remember all the code and stuff. Now you can bypass all that. You can go on some platform like I don't know. Uh, WordPress does a lot of websites, um, whatever, Squarespace or whatever, and it will do it for you. So it's no, we so- can't. We sorry, we can't talk about Squarespace. We are the only podcast <laughs> out there that's not sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace so. is shit. No, <laughs> there, there is a point where you think, surely your old HTML website surely takes more effort to update and to do stuff with than if you're doing it through WordPress. Yeah, but they know how it works. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of them, as I said, a lot of them, are, you can tell they're entirely HTML. They've they've literally written all of that code themselves. But there are things out there that are really cheap now. And yeah, really easy to do. But I just think they, I just think sometimes they're like, well, we know how it works. Yeah. We don't need to change it. Yeah, we've Good had this you. website since 2001, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's absolutely it's fine. fine. It doesn't display on mobile at all. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Jen Danger Harding, friend of the podcast, said, I love it when races specifically mention and are inclusive to trans and non-binary runners. Yes. Yeah, I mean, more of a serious point than we're going to make here, of course. Yeah. But th- I think that's more that's more about the race itself than the website. I, I mean, it's mm-hmm. good that they put that, they've actually realised, oh, we need to put that up front. We need to be really clear about that. Yeah. That's always a good thing. Um, a few other things, perhaps we'll kind of take this in turns a little bit. Um, things that we do like about our website. I know this mm-hmm. is a little bit off-brand for us. <laughs> um, this is something that comes up in the in the worst websites as well. But I like easily accessible previous results. And I'm going to be picky. I want a searchable, sortable table on the screen. I don't want an Excel file, not a PDF. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to search, I want to be able to sort by category position, by gender position. I want to filter certain things. Again, it sounds complicated. I don't think it is anymore. I think these things come pretty much out of the box. Mm-hmm. I want to be. I want to be able to search through all that stuff. I want to pick out the bits that I want. I yeah. like that. I like results. Yeah, that's especially important to me when races don't have a cutoff time. And I'm like, okay, so I need to see when the slowest people are finishing. You know, I need to know, like, is this a race that... It's like it's yeah. like the round the lakes, the rather around, around the lakes. Mm. And it's like, oh, we'll just pull you off the course if we think it's appropriate. And I'm like, right, okay, but what <laughs> yes. does that mean? So I just what went in and I searched for like the slowest runners from previous years. And I thought, okay, I could probably do this and still get around the course. I don't know. But yeah. But I, you don't want to, you don't want to like scroll down the page, next page, scroll yeah. down, next page, scroll down, next page. Just go take it to the last page. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think for me, the, the big thing that I seem so difficult to find on so many websites is the start time. Absolutely. Like you've got, yeah, we've got the date, we've got the location, but just make the start time really clear. The amount of times I've had to go on a race website and I'm like, okay, so I know it's on this date. I know it's on Saturday the 27th of June or something, but what time does your race start? What what time? <laughs> it's so basic. And I think the bigger the race, the harder it is to find. Yeah, yeah. Because they've got so much information, like here's the sponsors, here's the great things you're going to see, here's all this, and like yeah, but what? And is it is it in the about? Is it in the race day info? Is it in event information? There's is it in the FAQs? It could be in all or none of those places. It's always so hard to figure out. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing I want is the route. That's important to me because I'm a map nerd, and I want it in a variety of formats if possible. Um, absolutely not Google Maps. I never want to see Google Maps on your website for a route because Google Maps is shit. I mean, if it's a road run, maybe because Google's fine for roads, but it's shit for trails. Mm. 
GPX file is essential for anything long or traily. Anything that does require a bit of a recce, you need a GPX file. And also a accurate elevation. Oh, that is amazing because so many races have the distance, they will not have the elevation. They yeah. might, they'll kind of describe it, but that is very, very subjective. And if they've got an elevation profile, oh, that is next level. Yeah. If you can see where the hills are, oh, love that. So the trail events company races, the one I did um, last year, well, all the races do this, mm-hmm. but what I really liked about the one I did last year was that they have the elevation profiles because some of their races are really really hilly and that for me was the difference between choosing to do like i can't remember what i did like the 11k or whatever it was compared to doing like the half marathon it was because i know i can run a half marathon but looking at the elevation i was like shit i'm not going to be able to do that elevation rather than just saying oh yeah it's a really hilly half marathon you know yeah they give you their those kind of website is one of the best for this they give you the map but they will give you the map and each version of the course on the same map so you can mm. see the crossover points and where people split off. They put the elevation profile on for all, usually they do four distances for yeah. each race as well. Yeah. And they show you all of those really, really simply and easily. They are very, very good at that. Yeah. The other thing I really like, along with routes, is for ultras, where the checkpoints are and how far apart. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be exactly where, if you don't want to put that, whatever. But just give me like... How, how many miles between each checkpoint? I find that so useful for breaking down the run in my head. Like if I know, okay, so roughly every eight miles I'm going to come across a checkpoint. I'm like, okay, so I'm doing eight miles at a time. Like that, that is my, my distance that I'm doing. Yeah. So I, and I if love you, that. And if you don't have to do that maths in your head as well, that's ideal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And also if they tell you what's at that checkpoint. Oh, even better, even better, Yeah. I mean, it's nice when they have nice things, but if they tell you in advance, you can have a little plan. I will say, like, some, I'm not going to name names, but, like, some ultras are really, like, well, the checkpoints are just for supplementary um, nutrition and drinks, and you should carry your own and all this. I'm like, fuck you. At least, (laughs) like, what I like about Pegasus, like, yeah, we have these fully stocked checkpoints, all everything you need. They're also, they have, um, like, sanitary, like, period products at their checkpoints uh, for this year, which is fantastic. And they say, like, which I hadn't even thought of. They're saying, like, they're out on display as well. You don't have to ask somebody about it. They're not hidden. Yeah, that's good. They they have to, like, shamefully hide them, which, you know, makes you feel awkward asking about it. If you can just pick it up, like, you're picking up, like, a bag of crisps or something, like, bang on perfect but you know they'll be like yeah we've got our fully stocked checkpoints i'm like yeah we pay a lot for these ultras you know don't be like don't eat the stuff from the checkpoints unless you really have to (laughs) fuck off we're running like 30 40 miles (laughs) you know (laughs) a little one for me there little detail this is more about the kind of the entry system they have i love a start list Mm -hmm. just because i'm nosy i love to have a good look through it's nice to know how many people are in the race but it's also just really nice just to be able to look through the start list and see who from my club is in there and see who inevitably has missed their club name off. That's always annoying. Who's misspelt the club name, which is, you know, three letters. It shouldn't be difficult. Uh, but I just I just love being nosy and seeing, if, seeing who else is in the race. It's not as if I'm racing people. I'm trying to win it or something. It's just pure nosiness. Mm, I, I don't tend to pay attention. I, I, you know, well, you I don't look, like groups, as we I, I look and find my name and like, oh, yeah, I'm there. And then that's it. Yeah. Um, you, you don't care about anyone else so. no i don't i don't so my final thing that i love is when and this again particularly ultras will send you a little guide 
before the race. So I had my mm-hmm. guide for the the first Pegasus Ultra, the South Canham, um, through via my email the other day, and I just love it. It's like a nice little file with like all pictures in, and file, you know, what I mean, like a like a little booklet with all pictures yep. in, and all the details you need, including things like there will be period sanitary products available at all the checkpoints, and they'll be out on display. So you don't have to ask about them. And here's the start time. Yeah, here's the start time. Here's like. <laughs> you know the rules for the race here's where you know how far apart the checkpoints are like all the details you need are just in this handy little booklet online booklet thing and i find that really really useful if i'm going to be running spending all day running a race i want all the details i'm not if you're out at a race for like two three hours whatever you know you probably don't Mm. need too many details you just need the route and the start time and stuff but if i'm gonna be spending like eight nine ten hours doing this route yeah give me all the details more details and what everyone loved about those guides last year in particular was rule number two they put it as high as number two which is all the details about how to and when to bury your poo yes yeah very very important hope i never have to use that rule but we'll we'll see (laughs) i think my last one kind of ties into that a little bit as well it's a it's kind of a vague one it's a bit hard to explain but i like personality on a race website Mm. because i want to get like a feel for the atmosphere and the attitude of the organizers because sometimes they are very website can be very bland and straight to the point and again if that matches the race and the way it's set up that's fine like a lot of the fell races i do their websites are really simple they are google sites here's all the information here's the previous results here's the records here's maybe some photos but here's the route map and it's just kind of it's to the point it's everything you need but it's to the point which is what a fell race is Mm. you they're really simple you turn up you pay someone four quid you run up hill and down again that's it i like that um but even for a bigger race, just to get a little feel of who they are and and what they're going to be like. And obviously this can go too far. And I've seen some that do get really in-jokey or just kind of, mm. they take things too far and just a bit crude with like, they try and be like, yeah, it's tough. Oh, it's a big race. It's really hard. But they go just a bit too far and just feel a bit like dick sometimes. Mm. But like getting that good balance, I think it's quite difficult to put yourself into that race website a little bit. To show people what you're like, that is a real positive. That really encourages me. Like the Escape uh, from Meriden race we're doing in November, that was one of the things that really encourages me because it's got like a theme of the of like a crow following you and chasing you the whole time, and it's it's weird, but they do it really well because yeah. it's funny. Yeah, 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 and funny without being like laughing at people, sort of yeah, definitely. as well, and taking the piss out of people, yeah. Uh, if there are any other things that you particularly like about race websites, and again, the more niche, the better, I think. The kind of little tiny details that perhaps no one's ever, the kind of thing you wouldn't really normally mention. Because obviously there's a lot of obvious stuff you want, you know, your basic information up there front and centre. But if there's little things in there that you particularly like, we do want to hear about that. Mm, definitely. Let's move on to thank people on Patreon. Uh, Gabby Nea said on, after the last episode, Sir, may I congratulate you on possibly the best Patreon song yet? Yes, you may, Gabby. Sir. You are you are welcome. Yes, you can do that. Please tell all of your friends. Uh, Amy, we're back on track. We are. We're, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Uh, well you can support this podcast you can go to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and donating money every month and as a return and a thank you for that we sing your name and speaking of being back on track here's amy
Adam Atkinson, Len Martin, Nikki, Jenkins, Claire Dina, Andra Foster, Swales. Once again, a unique interpretation of, of of that classic from Amy. I mean, she got there eventually. Let's face it; it was a it was an uh, interesting start. But you know what? I just got to get through these things. You know, if if I mispronounce your name, if I missed your name, yeah. if I did your yeah. name twice, and absolutely butchered the song and wasn't singing at the right time, it doesn't matter. We've just got to move on, guys. We've just got to keep pushing forward. It's fine. Let's move on to your messages and don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. And running in the last week or so, can't remember, uh, Gabby Nair was one of the people who won a race place from us last year. We paid for her race. We paid for her to do the Beaver Challenge, which, it, yeah, it is actually a race. And she was very happy to report back with this. Hello from the roving BS reporter, Gabby speaking here. So I have literally just completed the Beaver Challenge and I thought I should just give a very, very quick BS roundup. So for everybody who doesn't know, the Beaver Challenge is about 15 miles as a short run and it's sort of around 26 miles, potentially kind of ultra length um, for the sort of 26 mile challenger. I did the longer version because the potential for mud, for weird things to happen, for people to fall over, for things to go horribly wrong is just so much higher. And thank you very much to um, Running's Bullshit for actually sponsoring today's bullshit. That is the Run, Running, Run to Beaver Challenge. So what happened? So assembled at 8.30 in a field uh, with hundreds of other runners. 
Um, the race is in aid of a local primary school. So we're all very, very sort of like happy about supporting a race rather than a big sort of like BS racing company. Whoopsie, shouldn't have said that. Um, we kind of like pootled off and very, very unusually for um, the Beaver Challenge, there wasn't all that much mud. So that's potentially quite BS. You want to go to a race for lots of mud, but because it's been dry, there isn't much mud. But never mind, it 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 improved. Um, the total of weird things would have been there were two hares running across the actual kind of race route. There was a wedding taking place next to one of the kind of major cake stops. That was quite weird because we definitely had better cake than the wedding. Um, there was also, which was really rather amazing, um, a couple of red kites who were catching prey as we were as we were running along. So, amazing race, lots of cake, um, lots of merriment. Highly recommended. And then she realised that this was too positive, so she followed it up with this. But, I mean, who am I? I know the audience for this podcast and recommending a race and being all cheerful and being all bouncy isn't really what my report is all about is it so let's kind of like focus on the bs and i mean the first thing the absolutely first thing i'm gonna have to complain about is absolutely with regards to the timing of the race because who the actual puts a race on a saturday at 9 a.m i mean 9 a.m on a saturday is park run time i know Amy won't understand this, but many other people will. What's actually worse, I mean, apart from putting a race on to start at nine o'clock on the Saturday, is actually the fact that the Beaver Challenge is called the Beaver Challenge because it is located in the Vale of Beaver. And in the Vale of Beaver, the Duke and Duchess of Rutland live in Beaver Castle nothing to do with beavers it's just spelled beaver it's the french billois but never mind i'm, I'm digressing but hosted at nine o'clock every saturday at beaver castle is beaver park run so that's quite bad actually i'm doing a beaver challenge next to beaver castle which actually hosts beaver park run and what's even worse for quite a kind of like significant part of the route you, you can actually either see the park run course or you are actually, literally, physically, directly on it. Yep. At about 12 o'clock, I was running on the actual Beaver Castle park run route. And I mean, that that's, that's BS. I'm really sorry. I love this race, but at nine o'clock on Saturday, I do not want to stand in a schoolyard lining up with a few cup, few hundred other people. I, 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 I to do a kind of twenty-six mile run. I actually want to do a park run, and then we can do and we can do the Beaver Challenge at eleven o'clock, but not at nine o'clock. So that's most definitely BS. The other thing is actually something that was a little bit self-inflicted. So I'm currently training for a hundred miler in the summer and one of the things which is really important is on, on a hundred mile race is trying to get your fueling strategy right so given the legendarily ample and opulent and extravagant and varied offerings available at the beaver challenge at checkpoint three i branched out and ate something which i've never eaten during the course of a long run before it was a tuna sandwich and not go well it, it really did not go well the tuna sandwich picked a fight with a slice of jaffa cake and 
that initially gave me a stitch so I actually had to stop running and then I entered what can only be described as the forward um, vomit zone. We're okay, we kept it all in but it was touch and go so definitely do not recommend on a run to experiment with foods you hadn't eaten. I don't like at all in any way shape or form running at nine o'clock on a Saturday and having to miss my park run and then ending up on an actual park run route. And I wasn't too hugely impressed with some of my fellow runners because it's the beaver challenge. We raise money for a kind of um, low-cost primary school. This should actually be quite chilled. So is there really all that much need at the start to kind of like push and shove and poke other people with your poles into the nostrils when they're going to overtake you half a mile down the road anyway. But that's 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 enough now. I really can't think of any more BS. Um, I did like the race. I'll obviously do it again next year. Totally recommend it to everyone. But um, it is at nine o'clock on a Saturday. So BS roving reporter over and out. Well, OK, let's just skip over the park run part of that because Amy does not give a shit. Um, and let's just enjoy the name Vale of Beaver. I know. The thing is, it's funny, like, having lived in, in Leicestershire, I, of course, know Beaver Castle, I, of course, know Beaver, all of that. And when so I, you're familiar with Beaver around your neck of the woods, I am very familiar with Beaver. Well-versed. Um, Well-versed. But it's when I read it, I, I always read, read it as Belvoir, because yeah. I always think, like, that. obviously, that's what it looks like. Because, you know, when it's one of those things where you've only heard, like, spoken as one, well, I, I didn't really put the two and two together. I'm like, Belvoir? Where's Belvoir? And they're like, oh, Beaver, of course, obviously. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, let's talk about a tuna sandwich. So that was at the that was at one of the checkpoints, like one of the aid yeah. stations. Mate, are they trying to kill them? I, I've seen the pork. Okay, so I've seen the pork pies. I get that it's Leicestershire. They've got to have the pork pies there. Yeah, uh, Gabby that. sent us photos. That we're looking at here. Like, th- there's one tray here, half Stilton, half pork pies. <laughs> that is wonderful. That's insane. I get the other stuff. Like, it looks like it says. To, well, I was going to say some plain crackers, but I guess you put the Stilton on the crackers. I don't yeah. know. Like some sort of cheese board. I get the crisps and stuff, but. There's Who, so much there. What psychopath puts tuna sandwiches on an, <laughs> on an aid station? That like, is nasty. Oh, mate. Tuna sandwich. Oh, oh. <laughs> but what I like uh, about this race, no medals, 15-ish miles and loads of cake. That is a proper race. That is what I want. I'm looking at the cake. They are some hefty slices of cake. Yeah, definitely. Like, they've cut that circular one. Into fucking quarters or something. Look at the size of it. Look at the size. Is it like this chocolate cream cake as well? There, massive slices of it. Who the hell is eating those? Only problem was the uh, lack of mud that Gabby wanged on about in the lead up to this. How much mud there'd be, and there was no mud at all. So that's a bit of a shame. But this does. This does look like a proper race. Yeah. And yeah, I can, as she said, I, it's one of these ones I can imagine you go back to each year because it's, it's clear. I mean, with all that fucking food and pies there, it's not one you're doing for time at all. No, no, no. One, no, no one's working on the beaver PB there. They are just going for cakes. And tuna sandwiches. And tuna sandwiches. <laughs> we had a message from Sarah Cooper immediately post-race as she finished second senior woman in a 20 miler by just six seconds but was two seconds faster on chip time oh that is infuriating yeah mm. well you know sarah's from our club i don't think uh with respect she wouldn't have expected to be second woman in her age category she's a senior woman so it's you know between like 18 and 35 yeah but like but, I, but she's like but i was quicker 
but you started further back so you didn't get i suppose positions always have to be done on gun time yeah but oh two seconds quicker on chip time that is oh that's horrible sucks (laughs) we had a photo from at spaldwick saint of a couple of pairs of socks one with an l on the bottom and one with l on the top same pair of socks he said is l for left or large Amy, of course, will have never encountered this. And yeah, that is very confusing. Why have I when... not encountered this? Because you don't, I can't imagine you have large socks. Oh, oh I don't even, like, I don't wear running socks or something. Like, no, I don't. No, because you're, you're not a hobbit. You're just a, Yo, a tiny, I, I tiny have, like, I For my height, I have size six, I wear size six and a half shoes for running. Blimey. Like, that and is. You're like, why are you four foot seven or something? <laughs> no, I'm five foot three. Thank you. That's Whoa. not that short. Okay. That's not that true. I thought I was five but, foot two for ages, but it turns out I was, I was, I was, I was, this is going completely off topic, but I was, like, my height was done at the dentist. <laughs> they, did my, they did my height and my weight at the dentist. And I was five foot three at the dentist. So, so yeah, at the doctor, I'm five I, foot two at the dentist. I'm five foot three. <laughs> so, right. Anyway, okay. anyway, anyway. Yeah, I don't know why socks need to have their size on them because if you have socks mm. you're not going to have different sizes of socks no. like on the packaging you might want the large or something on there you don't need it on the sock because i've done that before been an idiot taking like socks out going up left sock left sock left sock le- oh wait no they're all just large socks but they don't actually matter left or right is in a different place yeah i don't think i've seen that on my i'm just looking i'm literally wearing running socks right now i don't think i've actually seen you haven't that. got lefty righty socks you've just got i have you know socks. what i don't Oh, the socks I buy aren't lefty righty socks. They're yeah. just fucking socks, man. I yeah, don't, I don't, I don't I think don't, it matters. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to buy lefty righty socks. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's much of a thing. I just I buy. Know. They are running socks, and you know, you know they're running socks. But I, I don't actually. I think the left and right thing is a con, and I don't think they mold to your feet that way or like. I don't. Think We're gonna blow difference. this thing right open. Yeah, it's it's a conspiracy. It is. Because then when you lose a sock, you've got to buy another pair because you've lost the, the, the That's why corresponding they do it. sock. Nah. Nah, it's just a conspiracy. Geraint has been in touch with lots of words that I now have to pronounce and mess up and offend people, including Geraint. <clears throat> so he's got the username Bile E. Coyote, and he says, Hey all, here's an unusual one. I have a chronic illness called PSC. This is the bit. I'm so sorry, Geraint. Primary sclerosing car- car- don't, don't laugh while I'm saying it. Fucking hell. Primary sclerosing cholangitis. I'm so sorry. Sure. I'm so sorry. You wouldn't want me giving me giving that diagnosis because you'd be like, what? And on a day to day basis, it doesn't bother me. So imagine my frustration when I started itching two weeks ago, leading to my consultant suggesting it's not necessarily a good idea for me to run the Chester Ultra yesterday. My first DNS did not start. Bacterial cholangitis, infection of the bile ducts, is bullshit. Yeah, I even said to Gary when he sent that in, I'm giving that one to Amy to yeah. pronounce because it'll be funny. May. I, I feel like. Yeah, if I could you imagine me get being a doctor and having to like get you are a doctor. Diagnose? Yeah, but I'm not that sort of doctor. I'm oh, really? not. I'm not a doctor that has to say these like words that probably come from Latin or French or something. And then uh, I'm so sorry, Geraint, but <laughs> but yeah, like from going from I itch a bit. I mean, you probably perhaps itch loads, but like to leading to not doing an ultra that is really annoying. Yeah, that sucks. 
We've also had a message from Gareth Barker that says, Hi, Amy and Stuart. I finally feel like I can join in with all the bullshit. I've been drinking Bird and Blend tea since Christmas, and now Legend. I've also got a dog. Hey! What of us? What of us? So I'm on the Running Is BS trifecta. Running Tea Dogs. Perfect. Yeah, that's the wrong order. It's the, op- it's the opposite. It's dogs yeah. tea running yeah. is our order. Yes. But sure. Sometimes tea first as well. Fuck the dogs. So he says, the problem is puppies are bullshit. Why aren't they big enough to run yet? I know, I know. They think they can run, but mostly that means about six metres down the garden and back. Then they're tired and just want to chew on something. Sometimes a toy, but probably also my arms. Yes. If my puppy could just get his shit together and learn to be my running buddy already, that would be much appreciated. On a serious note, though, he's great and he's a rescue from Many Tears Animal Rescue in Clanethley. Currently 10 weeks old Black Labrador. I'm sure he'll be my running buddy once he's fully grown. Looking forward to relating to all of your dog bullshit from now on. Gareth Barker. Perfect last name as well, well Gareth. Gareth Barker. Yeah, that is where William is from as well. So that is a good place to get your dog from. I had to email Gareth back to get the name of the puppy, which he didn't put in. It's Toby, and he is absolutely beautiful. Yes. Oh, yep. Can't wait. You'll be running with him in no time. Well, yeah. I say no time. I mean like a year. But you know. yeah, it's always hard having to to wait for yeah, start running with him. But I mean like once they can start walking, like two or three miles. Depends how fast you run, isn't it? Like cause I run so fucking slow that Pippin's just going on a walk with me. So yeah. I started her off at like eight or nine months running with me, but that's because she 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 wasn't running. Like it was Trying the same as it was the same as going on like a two or three mile walk with her. So yeah. so yeah, it's a lot of factors. A Labrador probably won't be a a real strong puller, mm-hmm. but uh, you might be okay, and yeah, you might be able to run a bit sooner with him. But yeah. oh, amazing. Another email. Dear Stuart and Amy, I'm currently on vacation in Norway and it's lovely. I've been informed by the locals that the paths have been cleared and there is very little snow. By that, they mean the paths have roughly five centimetres of ice on it with a variable amount of gravel on and in that. I've seen maybe five people running outside, but considering the problems I am having walking outside, I'll skip running. Luckily, the hotel has two very fancy treadmills. They're in the basement with a view of the concrete wall instead of the gorgeous lake outside, but hey, can't have everything. So I go down to the basement, get on a treadmill for the first time in my life outside of a running shop. I'm amused by the emergency clip, but decided to put it on for shits and giggles. And I tried to figure out the settings. After a surprisingly long time, I'm running on that thing. It's pretty boring, but I have my podcast and I'm slogging along. Even speed up to do a bit of threshold workout. Whatever that is. And then the lights turn off. There's a motion detector in the basement, but apparently doesn't cover the treadmill. No matter how much I'm waving my arms. Okay, not the end of the world. It's not completely dark because the treadmill has a small screen, but I definitely can't see what my Garmin says anymore. And that's terrible because the numbers on the treadmill and my watch are different. It's fine for a while and I just push buttons on my watch every time I want to know what it says. But I obviously get too annoyed by that and try to change some settings on my watch to keep the backlight on. This is the moment I overbalance and fall. The emergency clip seems to do its job and stops the treadmill, but not before I'm on the floor with my chin scraping on the treadmill as it's slowing down to a stop, which gets me back in reach of the fucking motion detector. Yay. (laughs) 
Anyway, thanks for making a podcast that isn't about how to be the fastest or go the furthest or be the coolest, but that is all about how much running sucks and how we somehow do it anyway. It cheered me up quite a bit that I could at least send you some content if I already can't run on a treadmill. Fuck those things anyway. Cheers from Norway. You're very welcome. That's hilarious. I, I just imagine CCTV seeing that. Surely they've got CCTV down. Oh, in someone's there. had a laugh on that. If it's in that, a basement, yeah. a gym in a basement, they're probably there's probably somebody actively watching it at a reception or something, and they can just see this. Well, they like, wouldn't have seen anything because the light was off. So well, all the they would have seen was, yeah. the the a black screen. Then all of a sudden, it would have lit up with someone just on the floor with their chin <laughs> on the treadmill. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. And that's why you use the emergency clip. Safety first. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and just quickly, with the last one was an email from Ian Thompson who went out for a run, managed to tangle himself in a thorn branch that tore his legs to bits. And once he stopped bleeding, he drove back to remove it from the path. Good Aww, for you. Well done. Yeah, a, I like that. You've a got, good running citizen. Yeah, you've got good trail karma coming at you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've got, like, when we went on that run with all the brambles, which I obviously didn't go back and clip... But I've, I've yeah. got legit scars on my legs from those pramples. The marks are still there from them. It's well, I've got good news. We're going to do that that route again very soon. Oh, I love it. Oh, is it? Yeah, it will be that bit of the route. Yeah. Back to race websites. And unsurprisingly, our listeners had many more examples of things they hate about them. Firstly, Karen Blay says also, and this applies to any kind of website, I'm surprised at how many large events still have information on their site or send it out in PDF format that looks like it's designed for print, which is difficult to read even at a desktop and almost impossible on a mobile device. Yeah, on a similar theme, Dan G. McKeown said, sodding PDFs. Nobody wants to download your crap. Put it on a web page. Worse still, results as an XLS download. Mm. Yeah, PDFs need to stop. I mean, well, again, if it's designed for a screen, that's fine. But a lot of them are clearly people have got a print mindset and uh, make things far too small and things that don't work on mobiles. Like having to like zoom in and, oh, yeah, nightmare. Well, you zoom in to see the text, but then the line doesn't fit on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Dan also said that local league web pages where they haven't updated the look slash layout since they made it on Front Page Express in 2002. Yeah, yes. similar to vibe to what we talked about before, but before we quite enjoyed them, but Dan clearly does not enjoy them. And he's linked us to a uh, his local cross-country league website, and it God. is hilarious. I t- I'd totally forgotten about Front Page Express as well. God. Oh, the bright green as well. Oh. Like this is an HTML website. It's just a table, but they have chosen this lime green yeah. to go on to like to fill the background for their text They've to be probably on. Like, read somewhere that like oh this makes it easy to read for people who are dyslexic or something no, this is readable like surely they've like, just is, like there's those things out there that when you do when we're supposed to design powerpoints like this makes it really readable if you use these disgusting colors next to each other i'm like i'm sorry if you've got an issue that means that you struggle to read again not against certain colors tough because i'm not doing that yeah no i'm pretty certain this they've chosen green to be fun yeah oh it's so bright it's so bright i love it um mile you're in said i hate having to click all over the website just to find basic details like the date start time location packet pickup information clicking every link and scrolling up and down lost as fuck Absolutely. yeah just put it all in one place just put it all on the front page put it all there keep it simple 
Another one from Karen Blaze says, an event I did last year had a countdown clock. Instead oh. of listing the time of the event anywhere on the site, I don't want to do the math. Just tell me what time it starts. As if countdown you're like, clocks. To, to the hour. Like I get like countdown in days. Like, oh, there's only X number of days left. But I don't need to know like how many hours are left well, until the event they go starts. To ha- they go to how many seconds. Like the ca- a countdown clock, it seems like, oh, this will be a fun thing. And it's probably like a widget they've got on whatever website thing they're making. But they are not useful. No one has ever looked at a countdown clock and found it useful. Stop doing them. Yes. On a similar theme, Pete Herdman said, any race websites where you have to trawl through loads of pages or even have to go through the entry system before finding out the price of the event. A total and utter BS. Yeah, I hate that too. Just the price is such a basic one. Mm, yeah, 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 exactly. And like you say, like if you've got to click through and start putting your details in, and then right at the end it tells you the price, like, nah, no thanks. Yeah, you've got to get that straight in. And we also had an email on this as well from Victoria Magnus, who saw something on Facebook. Uh, she gosh, she clicked a Facebook ad. That's always the first mistake. <laughs> and it was the Iceland Volcano Marathon. But she was Ooh. thought, oh, that's exactly does sound interesting. Makes you go, oh. Uh, she looked at it and eventually found out. Eventually found out if you're not from Iceland, the only way you can do it is to book a six day package holiday with them. What? And she couldn't even find the price for it. That's mad. That and like well, it's Iceland. It's Iceland, so you know it's expensive. But yeah. one of my favourite things from the... She said a little screenshot of it. Uh, one of it says, packages also generally include ample amounts of free time. Oh, no. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you can walk around the prison yard for a few yep, hours. So we, <laughs> we'll charge you a shitload of money, but we're not going to get you to do anything. Hey, yeah, nice. Yeah. And they, they sell that as like a, a, a bonus. Jesus. Thanks. <laughs> At Anne Inkian said, if I have got as far as a booking site, I have zero interest in telling you my preferred shoe brand. Oh, God, I hate this too. Whether I've run that distance before, whether I have a story, just take my money and reserve me a medal. Also, booking platform fees at the last step are very much bullshit. What are platform fees? Oh, like booking fees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, but then, put oh, them right at the, the end. The preferred shoe brand stuff. I hate that. Like what? What? What shoes do you wear? What? What gear do you running? And then the drop down will be like Nike or something. Like my shoe probably isn't even on there. Like, don't get me involved in your market research. I am paying to do this race, and and the people that do that are often the big city like marathons and half marathons. So fuck yeah. off! I'm already paying a lot of money. Don't also use me to do a little market research exercise too. And the marketing, like you said there about like, oh, do you have a fun story that we can exploit and put on our website? Because I can see why they want to do that. But at the same time, no one wants to read those. But also, if No you, one wants to read those stories. If you had a fun story or you were raising money for charity, you'd want to get that story out yourself so it would benefit you and your charity or whatever. Like, no, yeah. you're not you're not taking my story and using it for your own benefit. Fuck off. Sandra Heinzer said, the websites where when I go to pay, refuse to take my payment until I've declined numerous pieces of race kit and merchandise. Thank you, but I really do not need or want a pair of socks with your new snazzy logo on or a personalised eye tab to go on the back of a medal for a local 5k <laughs> just let me pay when i am eventually able to pay i'm transferred to a multiple race booking website slash app to complete my booking with the addition of a generous admin fee now i do actually kind of like the idea of adding merch as an option rather than something that you have to have mm-hmm. but calm down with the options no one yeah. wants a race hoodie no one wants race socks a t-shirt or a buff is it no one wants 
anything else for your race. Yeah, your race means a lot to you, but I'm doing 20 races this year. I don't care about this one. But also, if you want all that other stuff, you'll probably just go on the website and get that stuff anyway. And I think the only time it's a good idea to do that, like you said, if if they've done it so the entry fee is perhaps cheaper and you don't automatically get a t-shirt and that's an added extra so it's like oh if you want a finishers t-shirt you have to pay 20 quid extra or whatever i think that's fair enough like as options go but yeah don't give me too many options and also don't give me options if the t-shirt's already included in the entry price or something like i I will go on your store your online store if i want to buy anything else a lot of places just seem to go really over the top with merch and like again i can see why they want to get their logo out there but no one's that interested no lisa gibbon said race websites that ask you how old you'll be on race day i am over 20 i don't even know how old i am today let alone how old i will be in a a random point in the future let's call it somewhere between 32 and 35 (laughs) well lisa gibbon i with all your hanky talk i thought much much older than 32 and 35 yeah you know okay we're like the same me and lisa are like the same age yeah (laughs) Go get the hankies out. I didn't know we were. At, I didn't know I was at that stage, Lisa. Thank you. Like I'm gonna buy some hankies. And finally, from the listeners, one clearly aimed at me from Robert Schedule, who says ones which forget to mention that the race doesn't have a UK athletics license or a course measurement certificate. Those are BS. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went over that last time yeah. quite a lot. Uh, a few more from us now as well. Um, one from me is when the entry system is something like Eventbrite. No. Or- or no. anything anything that involves a basket because no. they've clumsily adapted a shopping system they've got like a plug-in for shopping they've added it on and made one of the items a ticket and it does it just doesn't quite work properly can I, yeah can i tell you event eventbrite is for free events where you're just yes. booking a place if i have to pay through for something through eventbrite i'm like this is a scam the eventbrite is the free <laughs> shit it came in during covid so we, they didn't have too many people in one place it wasn't just on the door so they knew how many people were coming to something that's it that's that is the whole purpose of eventbrite in my eyes who's paying for eventbrite Ugh. um and also on those kind of ones when they they don't ask for enough information like sometimes i've entered a race and i've i think i've pretty much just given my name <laughs> and like that you i just think like that's suspicious you need more information than that you need surely you at least need my date of birth or gender or some contact information but no it's just just my name and email address i'm like that's that's not enough you you are and i worry about then about the race a lot mm. i know we talked about html quite a bit (laughs) it's that crazy 90s html but what what i don't like is when they have those crazy overcomplicated entry forms i remember doing one for a canny cross race and i like did what i thought was the entry form and clicked like next and then i had to fill in another entry form like what is going on here a lot of the same information again yeah yeah and it's then back this these crazy dodgy html things that don't display properly on your phone either which is like Mm. most of the time that's where I'm entering races is on, is on my phone. And I'm like, I'm putting my bank card details into this. This does not look secure <laughs> at yeah. all. It looks like you could just like right click and put view page source and then find out everything about everyone that's ever entered. It does not seem right. But yeah, I think yeah. if you're asking people to put their financial details in, at least make a bit of effort on the on the entry form. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, so many still are not at all, like we've talked about a little bit, uh, are not optimized for mobile at all. They're still, because people make websites on computers and that's what they make them for. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who uses a PC at home with a big screen. I I think everyone else now just uses their mobile and some mums use their tablets still. But it's, it's so many websites are just not designed for mobile, which is just weird. Yeah. Uh, Another thing for me, no route map. If there's no route map, it's, it's very unlikely I won't enter because again I just don't trust it because like if you're not telling me the route I don't trust that you know the route (laughs) it's probably the case yeah and like even sometimes when it's just you can it's just like a scan of a map with something drawn over the top on Mm. in paint and again I mean it's better than nothing but I have to work hard because then I have to go somewhere else I have to try and recreate that route on something that's editable and it's yeah I just don't I don't quite trust that And last one for me, it's really, really fussy and entitled and a dick move from runners. But, you know, I want my results now. <laughs> I'm sorry to be a dick about it, but I want results as soon as possible. If there's chip time, the chip time is basically instant. There's, yeah. I've seen, I've been to plenty of events where they can get their chip time online, like, as it happens. Mm. I mean, that's great if you're an HQ that has Wi-Fi, I guess. But once you've got that laptop home, you connect it up. I want the results as soon as possible. I had to wait recently three months for results to be on the website. I mean, we got the results on the day, but for them to be on the website, for me to go back and check, three months. Three months. Drove me nuts. Jeez. Yeah, I I feel like as well, like in terms of finding out the results yourself, there's two different ways, which is like nice and quick. The first way is those big city marathons and halves where they literally text you. When you when you finish, yes, you get the text through nice. and say, this is your chip time. I'm like, oh, perfect. Oh, yeah, if, if they've got an app, that's quite yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second way is the quick way is when you do ultras and there's literally somebody writing it down at the end. I know at the Pegasus yeah. events, it's like a big board and they, they write down your time at the end. I'm like, yeah, there I am on the board. That is my yeah. time. I know. You know? that's the nice thing about these kind of fellow races as well there's just two guys and a clipboard yep and you can just go and look over their shoulder that's very handy but you know i've done fell races where they've had uh i'm not even sure how they had it i think they must have had electronic timing maybe in the numbers but when i got back to like the hq where there was a shitload of food out for us they were on a screen nice that it happens rarely but that is amazing when you're back in the race kind of headquarters and the results are on the screen for you to read that is very very nice perfect so, you know, I don't think we've been too fussy there, have we? No. I mean, n- neither of us are ever going to organise a race or create a race website. But now, if you ever do, we've told you what we do and what we don't like. I, I think the take home really as well that keeps coming through the main message is if you're doing a website, do design your website in 2023, not, yeah. not 2003. I think <laughs> that's the main thing. We've got all this technology. I know, I know... There's some fussy old white men who run cross-country websites who don't like technology, you know. They like they like to read their daily mail in print, not online, not the mail online. So <laughs> cut this. <laughs> so you, you just you just need to be in 2023. You need to use the tools that are available, the technology. It's okay, it's safe, we can do it. It's, Is it's, that so yeah. much to ask? It's not too much to ask. Just I don't you, think just so. WordPress, Wix, whatever. There are so many fantastic platforms Thanks. that give 24 hour support. You just literally just call them and say, hey, I need help designing my website. It's simple now. You don't have to do HTML. Don't worry about it. <laughs> There we go. Anything else that you don't like about race websites that occurs to you when you listen to this, let us know. Yes. It's the bullshit running news. 
So first off, a headline that I've been seeing all over social media. I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. Mo Farah lost a 100 metre race to a dad wearing jeans. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my this God. is huge. This is huge. And of course they use a picture God, of him. Such that... an upset to the yes. athletics world. Oh my God, a shake into its core. <laughs> this is like Usain Bolt entry into the... Uh, into the world of athletics, this is the same kind of impact. Exactly. Um, and they even use a picture of him at some major marathon or something. And you think, like, it might even be, like, London or something. And you think, oh, God, is there somebody, like, actually beat him in, like, a legit race, 100 metres? Uh, no, it was at a sports day, of course. Um, so he was beaten by a fellow, fellow parent in a 100-metre sprint at his child's sports day. What made me smile, though, was apparently Mo was wearing his spikes and everything. Oh, bless him. <laughs> And he just says in the article, I think they've taken it from, it's Runner's World, so it's obviously not their own journalism, they've taken it from a podcast. And um, they were saying, I think he was saying, you know, I'm just not very good at 100 metres. But what made me smile was, because when I first read the headline, I thought, surely, I thought it was at a sports day, I'm like, surely he's not, he's thought, like, I'm not going to show off, I'm going to let, like, somebody else win. But the fact that he brought his spikes with him as well. Like, he, he went all in. <laughs> yeah, but, like, did he? I'd love to see a video of it. Because, like, yeah. I kind of assumed at Sports Day, there might be some taking it a bit seriously. But most are just kind of, they're just getting it done. Because the yeah. kids kind of want to be, you know, want to cheer on their parents doing the run, whatever. But no one, I don't think, is properly sprinting it. But if he's, but has he just thought, oh, perhaps I'll just bring the spikes just so I don't slip or something like that. <laughs> don't injure like, myself. do you reckon he was all out? I think he was. I think he was. But it's well, he he admits, but probably it's only after the fact that, of course, he's not a sprinter. He's a distance yeah. runner. So but yeah, I don't, he wouldn't go all out completely cold because he will, there's, there's so much potential for him to injure himself. Well, he was he probably wouldn't... warming up. He was probably doing like a 10K and warming up Do you while yeah, the, he did the his kids hour were doing like the sack race. He was like running around in his spikes. <laughs> doing his little kind of, yeah. Oh, oh bless, bless him. Good for the other dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up, runner sues after he, he was shot by a hunter on the Missouri Trail. <laughs> so I asked Amy to do the news. Of course, she gets uh, news about running and guns because that's her thing. <laughs> I, just, I just I just, love these. Like, You're drawn to them all the time. This sounds horrific, but I just I just think this is so bizarre. I think it's because it's so different from what we might. I'd say what we might expect here, but I have run before in places where there's a shooting range nearby. And it does cross my mind. I think it's yeah. because I always read these sorts of stories happening in America and I follow some people in America on social media who do trail running, and they're like, oh, it's really dangerous at whatever time of year, like the autumn and the spring, when all the hunters are out, and you have to wear, like, bright orange and stuff like that. And I think it's really got in my head, so I actually worry about it myself. I'm out in sort of the woods, my local woods, thinking, what if I get shot <laughs> by a hunter? So we're, we're going to pass that on to everyone else now. So yeah. Fred K was shot by a turkey hunter in 2021, and it must have been pretty severe, as he ended up being flown to hospital by helicopter. He's now suing the hunter, the state of Missouri, and a group involved with developing trail systems in the region. <laughs> An incident report shows the hunter thought he'd shot a turkey. 62 at the time of the incident, he told investigators that he fired one shot at a flying turkey and then immediately heard a person scream. <laughs> Why are you laughing? He Not said weird. that when he found Kay, he'd been hit in the side by three shot pellets, including two that went into the chest cavity. It, it was, but if you read the article as well, he had a punctured lung. He had some other, it was, he had to go through oh, surgery. Um, and that's why you were laughing. I, I, I just. I, You're a terrible person. I should laugh. Is what he said. He thought he shot a flying turkey. 
and then immediately heard a person scream. Oh, I thought it was a turkey flying, but no, it was a man running. Yeah. Oh, you know how those things get mixed up. And in the article, I think it says the guy's wearing like a like an orange. Like he's wearing the colours you're supposed to wear as a yeah. human on the trail, so you don't get mistaken for an animal. I think he's wearing well, orange or something. But... but he's suing the state and the people who developed the trails because the someone else was there hunting as well. I yeah. love it. Good for you. Yeah. Go all in. Yeah. But I, I get it as well because obviously he can't he can't do his marathons and his ultras like, because it, it, he punctured a lung and had yeah. a very severe injury or injuries pl- plural um so yeah he's that's why he's suing them but i, d- I don't know just something up that something about the hunter thinking it was a turkey <laughs> just just did crack me up a bit but get well soon <laughs> get well soon fred thinking of you anyway what have you got coming up next fucking hell it's a long one isn't it so much for one hour episodes well next week i've got my big spring race it's a 25k fell race with more elevation than i've ever done before yay what could go wrong that should be fun and well i get to see our previous guest massive keith as well so that's nice he'll be be way off in the distance but he's gonna give me a lift to the start because he's a nice man where is it 25k fell race that sounds better to blind avon oh yeah over over some big hills yeah nice i'll tell you all about that if i finish it yeah amy how about you? Oh, we're going on an adventure. Yay. Yay. We, we thought now is the perfect time. I'm just going to jump in straight on your bit here. We thought now is the perfect time. Amy's got six ultras and six months coming up. So we'll recce one of them that's happening in six months time. Yeah. Yeah, sure, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I've like kind of wrecked the other one as well. One of the other ones of Ogham, even okay. though I've done that like two times already. So I don't need to wreck him. <laughs> so you'll know one and a half out of the six courses. Fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like this is going to be awful, but at the same time, it's going to be better because I'll be running with somebody who knows that we need to walk and isn't training yes. for a, a road marathon. <laughs> we are going to get muddy. Yes. It is going to be so nasty. There will be walking involved and I will bring proper nutrition this time, not just 300 I'm bringing sandwiches, mate. Yeah. I'm bringing tuna, tuna sandwiches. Tuna yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> if you've enjoyed... If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningsbs.com see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias. And a special treat, because you all have behaved yourself for a very long episode, to play us out this week. I'm very, very sorry if this ruins anyone's favourite song. And head off to the start line As the briefing dies Tears come to my eyes I start to think about the past And all my good times Never gonna run fast again Heavy feet have got no rhythm I just want this run to end I know I've been a fool I should have known better than to pace a friend You got mad at my decision Never gonna run fast again The way I ran with you
so much time we used to spend The careless trail runs with a good friend We would run so far You made me a star There's no training anymore I'll drive there in my car Never gonna run fast again Heavy feet have got no rhythm I just want this run to end I know I've been a fool I should have known better than to pace a friend You got mad at my decision Never gonna run fast again The way I ran with Maybe I should just be slow I'll hurt myself by running fast But even so We could have been so fast together We could have run this race forever But now who's gonna run with me? Please stay Never gonna run fast again Heavy feet have got no rhythm I just want this run to end I know I've been a fool I should have known better than to pace a friend You got mad my decision Never gonna run fast again The way I ran with I am very familiar with Beaver. 